0: Good morning, St. James. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon uh, for online church this morning. Um, if you're able to, I'd still encourage you to uh, to come along to St. James. Uh, I won't be there, but Reverend Ajay has taken the service for us and Richard Sharp is our speaker. Richard Sharp, who works with Operation Mobilisation. Um, wasn't expected to be with us, but he was meant to be on a mission trip to Belarus, which understandably has been cancelled. Uh, So it's a joy to have Richard and Rachel with us. Uh, So if you listen to this first thing Sunday morning, uh, I'd encourage you to be at church for 10.30. But in the meantime, uh, let's listen to our Bible readings for today. Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43 and verses 16 to 21. I am the Lord, who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smouldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, if I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of John chapter 12 and it's verses one to eight. Six days before the Passover celebration began. Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honour. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume, made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot the disciple who would soon betray him said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray and ask for God's help as we look at His Word. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your Word to us. And we ask that you fill us again with your Holy Spirit now, wherever we are. That we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts today. Amen. Now, uh, our Gospel reading. Uh, comes up about this time every year because it's of its links to Easter Uh, but picture it because I say growing up I I didn't quite understand because when I went out for a meal we'd sit around a table and you know there were chair legs and everything in the way how would you get to someone's feet if you wanted to come close to them because there's, there's just there's table legs there's chair legs there's everything else we're all around the table there's no way to do that And it was some years before uh, I understood just the the different way of eating in those days, which was uh, to recline. It was to literally to lie down on couches or on cushions, supporting your head on one arm and then reaching into the middle and eating. And so everyone is effectively, they're in a circle, but they're lying on couches or on the floor, propped up on cushions, stretched out. And in that context, well, feet are easily accessible, aren't they? But again, imagine whether we're kind of on cushions or at a table, you're having a meal and someone comes in the middle of this meal, goes up to one of the guests and pours out a bottle of uh, CK1 or Fabergé or uh, I don't know perfume, sorry, Uh, but pours out enough of this stuff on someone else's feet, that the whole place stinks of it, and then they wipe the the feet with their hair, and everyone else is just looking, uh, maybe holding their noses, and just think, what on earth is going on? And you see, it's interesting. The only the room has got all the disciples in it, along with uh, Lazarus, with Martha is serving. Um, there'll be other people from the from the neighbouring houses as well. Um, the only comment we hear recorded is Judas, who says, "That's such a waste of money. Honestly, you could have sold that and then given that money to the poor, and that would have been a much that that's that would be sensible." What, what on earth is that? And it, I wonder, I wonder about Lazarus and Martha's reactions. I wonder if Martha was embarrassed. Um, again, you, we know the story of Mary and Martha where Martha is serving, getting everything ready, and Mary just sits at Jesus' feet. Um, when when Lazarus, well this is his house, this is his party. And in the midst of it, his sister has just made the whole place smell of well well nard but a perfume that's used for anointing dead bodies and it's like that's well that kind of stops the conversation doesn't it that kind of interrupts whatever interesting anecdote whatever story he was in the middle of telling that's got and everyone is staring at his sister and his sister is wiping jesus feet with her hair now Again, in those, these days, using your hair on someone's feet would be strange enough. In those days, the hair was seen as, um, well, frankly, a, a very personal part of the body. That's why it was covered. You didn't expose your hair to other people. It, that's That was effectively nudity. As Lazarus there, this is what his sister is doing with Jesus. Again, the Bible doesn't tell us what Lazarus was thinking, what Martha was thinking, what the other guests were thinking. We only hear what Judas was thinking, which was about the cash. Um, And it's quite special that actually the Bible just ignores all those other thoughts, all those other responses. And just records what Jesus says. Uh, Jesus says, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You'll always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And so it it raises the question, how did Mary know? How does Mary know to come and anoint Jesus' feet with something which speaks so eloquently of death? And, you know, this is just a short time before he he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey with everyone shouting, Hosanna, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, That's that's the immediate future. We know one week later what happens. Uh, But how did Mary know? And I was thinking about this and I, I flicked back through the gospels and it's striking. How many times Jesus speaks to his disciples about his death? All the way through the Gospels, Jesus says to them, the Son of Man must go to Jerusalem, be handed over to the authorities, sentenced to death, and will rise again on the third day. Jesus says it clearly several times. And the disciples don't listen, can't listen, can't imagine... That Jesus will actually let it happen. Jesus has got the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's not going to let some soldiers just take him away and put him on the cross, is he? That's, that would be ridiculous. But maybe Mary's heard. And maybe Mary has taken it to heart. And so at this point, a handful of days before Jesus' crucifixion, Mary is the only one who sees what is coming and who wants to prepare Jesus, who wants to bless Jesus, to love Jesus on his way to the cross. And that gesture has been recorded so that we tell the story again and again and again and we see Mary's worship mary's understanding of jesus mary's intimate relationship with jesus where she's allowed to come and anoint his feet you think about the stories of jesus in the gospels he reaches out and touches other people he touches the leper uh, to cleanse the leper of his leprosy he rubs mud on the eyes of the blind man to bring healing uh, the woman with the issue of bleeding touches the hem of his robe in order to um, draw Jesus power for her own healing. Jesus touches people to impart something of God's power and God's kingdom. We're not often told of people touching Jesus. But Mary dares mary sees what is coming for jesus and she steps into his space and she anoints his feet and she wipes them with her hair and when judas says this this isn't right jesus says leave her alone she's doing this for me this is this is right this is appropriate there is a (laughs) you will not always have me with you That there is a short time before my death and and I am gone and even when I'm resurrected, I will not be with you in the same way. And So I was struck not only by Mary's insight and her courage to worship Jesus in this way in front of other people who would have been disapproving or not understanding. And if you hold that against our Old Testament reading from the book of Isaiah and you have these words, um, forget all that's gone before. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God had called a people to himself, and He had brought them out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land by parting the waters of the Red Sea and he says that that was nothing what I'm about to do will be so much greater. I will produce life where up to now there has been uh, desert and barrenness and wilderness and we know we see resurrection coming we look ahead to Easter day thinking oh please Lord come and give us your life and so you have this sense that Mary has seen that God is doing something new Mary's life has been transformed. Mary's life has been changed because of Jesus. Whatever she was saved from before when she first met Jesus. And there are a number of uh, traditions about Mary Magdalene. Simply the fact that uh, she and her sister lived with their brother, who would have been the main breadwinner. They would have looked after the house and he died leaving them destitute leaving them with no provision leaving them with them with no protection and jesus came and brought their brother out of the grave giving them their life back as a family giving these women their their protection their shelter their their ability to live a, a normal life in their community back jesus has done so much for mary and so she sees in him god doing something new God doing something greater God doing something that is beyond what any of us can imagine. And that's the tricky thing is looking to God for something that we can't imagine. God has forgiven us all of our sins. God has given us life that will not end. God has given us peace that passes understanding. But on a day to day basis. It could just look like the same as everyone else that we're just slogging through grinding out day after day as war continues around the world as the cost of living goes up as um, climate change continues to threaten and um, destroy around the world, um, with so many vested interests fighting change on that. And for ourselves, we have broken relationships, uh, we have chronic pain, uh, and things in our bodies just aren't the way we want them to be and they don't seem to be changing. And in the midst of that, It's very hard to see God doing a new thing. Especially when we've been Christian for a while and we received that knowledge of God's forgiveness and God's love some years ago. And actually now we're just living it out day by day and it becomes mundane. We are called to worship Jesus. We are called to show him what he is worth. And how do we do that? How do you show Jesus what he is worth when he is the Lord of all, when he has saved us from all our sins? He has (coughs) taken away all our guilt and our shame. When he's provided a way for us to know peace, in the midst of pain and struggle and heartbreak and grief. How do we show him worth? And Mary shows us how. By being brave. By listening to Jesus. Taking what he said on board and and responding out of that. Pouring out the best of what we have to Jesus, giving our best to Jesus loving Jesus as best we can you Now I'll confess that the busyness of life takes me away from that it gets in the way of me spending time with God it gets in the way the way of me listening to what God is saying my discipline is uh, to read the Bible every morning to spend time through each day in prayer sitting knowing that God is with me but I can also confess that with that that discipline fractures and reduces when life is harder when life is busier, when there is more pressure when there is more stress Jesus hasn't changed my resilience the rest of life has changed, has diminished. But when I come to Jesus, when I give time to treating Jesus the way he deserves to be treated, as my saviour, as the one who has freed me from everything that drags me down, everything that weighs me down, everything that would, would keep me bound up in a prison of guilt and shame and fear and pain when I give him that time to say Jesus thank you bless you you are everything to me as I worship Jesus in those moments I am free I am known I am loved And I am with God in a way where nothing else matters. And as I leave that time of being in Jesus presence. Somehow I find that I have strength. To respond to people I find difficult. Strength to to go on in spite of pain and uh, difficulties. Strength to get on and tick jobs that need done off without feeling weighed down by them or ground down by them. That's not to say we worship Jesus so we can be more effective at work. (laughs) But when we worship Jesus with all our hearts, we are made whole. And then when we are whole, we are more able to be ourselves. We're more able to receive God's love and show God's love to those around us. All the Bible traditions say that Mary was a a broken and hurt woman before she met Jesus. And yet, of all the characters in the Gospels, she's the one who loves Jesus most extravagantly. Who remains focused on Jesus to the exclusion of all the voices around who criticise and who nitpick and who suggest that she should be doing something else. That's my prayer, is that I could love Jesus in a way where I'm not distracted by other people, what other people think, what other people want, what what else is going on. That I can love Jesus. He deserves to be loved because of what he's done for me. And I know that when I receive that love, when I'm in that place where I am pouring myself out for Jesus, that's when I'm best able to share that love, to share that generosity, to share that overflow of joy and peace and love and hope with people around me. Worship is meant to be with everything that we have, but we get distracted and we get weighed down. And so this morning I invite you just to come and focus on Jesus and then to pour out the best you have for him give him the best of your time the best of your words the best of your attention and he will receive it he will let himself be loved by you and he will continue loving you in return. We are God's beloved people. but we have a choice about how much of that love we receive and how we and how we worship how richly we worship how deeply we worship so as always I'm going to pray for us and ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit that we would be able to worship Jesus as individuals and as his family here in Alperton the way that Jesus deserves let's pray. lord jesus thank you so much for all that you've given us all you've done for us for all that you are you are the lord of all you're our redeemer you're our savior and we we confess that life is hard and we become distracted we become discouraged so we pray you fill us with your holy spirit we pray that you Lead us into more and more of the truth about who you are. The truth of your kingdom, the truth of your life that you've drawn us into. Jesus, we want to love you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Receive our worship and draw us more and more into deep times of worship where we can love you the way that you deserve, Lord Jesus we ask this in your name and for your glory, Amen. Thank you very much for listening, uh, for being part of this, uh, I hope that you enjoy uh, worshipping today, just uh, to let you know that uh, Ali and I are uh, on the holiday this week, uh, we'll be back for Palm Sunday next Sunday. Uh, And then all that is planned for Holy Week and Easter after that. Uh, I will speak to you then. In the meantime, God bless you. God be with you. uh, And stay safe. God bless.